Hear the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 8. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and he was returning seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over there and join this chariot. And so Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, and he asked him, Do you understand what it is that you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth in his humiliation. Justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water. Philip and the eunuch, and Philip baptized him. And as they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. Lord, add your blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word today. Amen. Amen. Maybe we don't belong here. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever said that to yourself? Maybe I don't belong here. One of my favorite movies is the movie Hoosiers. It's about a small town high school basketball team in Hickory, Indiana, and they make their way into the state basketball playoffs. Game after game, they wiggle their way through the bracket until they miraculously find themselves in the state championship game against one of the largest schools in the state. This is a David versus Goliath kind of game. As the game begins, Hickory finds themselves down by several points as the other team is bigger and faster and stronger than them. And so their coach, Normandale, calls a timeout and gathers his players to compose them. And as the players are coming into the huddle, you can hear their expressions. Man, these guys are good. I can't stop that guy. And so they're gathering together and Coach Dell looks at them in the eyes and he verbalizes what has been in their hearts and their minds the whole times. And he looks at them and he says, well, maybe they were right about us. Maybe we don't belong here. From that moment, they break the huddle and the game continues on. 
Maybe we don't belong here. I can imagine that our friend, this Ethiopian eunuch, said that to himself on his way back from Jerusalem. Put yourself in his shoes. Somewhere in his travels across the world, he had come across the God of the Jews. And he had enough faith and enough belief, at least he was a seeker or a searcher. He had enough faith or enough desire to know this God, so much so that he was willing to make a pilgrimage all the way from the land south of Egypt to Jerusalem, which would be a 60-day journey, one way. Here is a man who is seeking the Lord. Oh, what would he find when he comes to the great city of Jerusalem where the temple is, where the, the very presence of God is said to dwell? How great will it be? Here is a man who is searching for something. How far did you have to go to get to church today? How much further is this man going on his pilgrimage? Well, if he doesn't know it before then, he sure knows it soon after arriving to Jerusalem that his experience of worship in Jerusalem will be a limited one. First of all, he is not Jewish And only Jews can go into the inner court of the temple. So at best, he is a second-class citizen. But furthermore, he is a eunuch, which downgrades him to a third-class citizen and relegates him to the court of the Gentiles. Deuteronomy 23.1 clearly states that anyone who is castrated is not able to enter the assembly of the Lord. Imagine traveling 60 days and not even getting into the real worship area. In his home country, he can go anywhere he pleases. As the minister in charge of finance of the wealthy country of Moreau, Ethiopia, he can enter palaces of kings and queens around the world and would be welcomed. But upon arrival in Jerusalem, he finds himself stuck outside with the pagans, sitting in the cheap seats, if you will. Can you hear the voice in his head? Maybe I don't belong here. To some degree or another, we all struggle with this voice, don't we? We all hear this voice in some way or another. When we don't get picked for the team, when we make a bad grade, when the boss chews us out, when life gets hard and we experience setback after setback after setback, when we fight with our family members on the way to church, perhaps. Sometimes when we feel very guilty because we have messed up, even when we have messed up, especially in a way that impacts those around us significantly, we say to ourselves, maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I don't belong in this marriage. Maybe I don't belong at this church. Maybe I don't belong in this town. Maybe I don't belong in this job. Maybe I don't belong in this school. Maybe I don't belong. You fill in the blank. This voice comes to us as a temptation. It often takes on many forms. You have messed up too badly to be accepted here. You don't deserve to be here. You will never be good enough. You just don't have what it takes. You're not pretty enough. You're not young enough. You're not old enough. You're not thin enough. You're not thick enough. You're not smart enough. You're not rich enough. You're not common 
enough. The criteria and the list continues. Maybe I don't belong here. We know what that voice sounds like. And so back to our friend here who begins his return journey home. The only redeeming factor of the whole trip is that the Gentile court is a great place to buy and sell things. And so perhaps on your way out of town, you can stop by the local gift shop and pick up a copy of the scroll of Isaiah if you have a few extra thousand dollars. Thank you for coming. Unknowns to him, but to make this matter more discouraging, our traveling friend here is unaware that he has recently missed a significant number of events in Jerusalem. That there was this other man who had come to Jerusalem, and that this other man also was rejected. There was no place for him in the temple. There was not even a place for him in the city. That there was this other man who was driven outside of the city walls and crucified on a cross. There was this other man who had been rejected. And our friend knew nothing about this other man. But a few days later, this other man, his body was raised by the Spirit of God. And a little bit after that, he poured out this same spirit and presence of God on his followers who testified to Jewish persons living in nations from all over the known Roman world at that time, speaking of the deeds of God in their native languages. From Parthia in the east to Rome in the west, from Pontus in the north to Egypt in the south, God's spirit was busting out into groups of people from all over the world, except for one, that nation south of Egypt, Moro, Ethiopia. This man, this Ethiopian eunuch, had missed the party. He didn't even know there was a party. And now he is on his way home to the ends of the earth with his Isaiah scroll and his rejection. Maybe I just don't belong here. But when all seems lost, and it seems like he is about to depart into the sunset never to return again, the Spirit of God comes in. The Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Spirit that was poured out upon the believers and upon people from all over the world on that Pentecost day, it's that very same Spirit that's not going to let this one get away. Can you imagine with me the conversation between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that day? Watching from above as, as this Ethiopian rides in his carriage back home. We can't let this guy get away. He has come all the way to Jerusalem seeking me. He has come all the way to Jerusalem. He has even purchased an Isaiah scroll. He's sitting there reading it. He doesn't understand it. What else does the guy need to do? How do, how do we get to him? What can we do to, to get the message of, of the gospel to this man? We don't have an agent within 40 miles of this guy. If only there was someone who was crazy enough that if we just told him to go down to that road and meet him, they would do it. If only there was somebody full of wisdom, somebody full of the Spirit. I know. 
Let's get Philip to go. He's a good servant. He'll do whatever we ask him to do. And so the Spirit sends an angel. And the angel says to Philip, go down to this crazy road way down south and wait for further instructions. And so Philip goes. And then Philip sees the chariot. And the Spirit of God says, Philip, you see that man in that chariot? He belongs to me. Go get him. So Philip goes. He walks alongside the chariot. He hears the eunuch reading from Isaiah. And Philip joins him in the chariot and begins to help him to interpret the text of Isaiah chapter 53. And he explains to him the good news about Jesus, about this other man who had been rejected, but this other man who had the Spirit in the very presence of God. Literally, I can envision Philip scrolling over to Isaiah chapter 56, which says, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name. They shall not be cut off. This has been God's vision all along. That old Deuteronomy 23 passage about castration was meant to protect the children of Israel from being used like the nations around them used their children. That law had its time and place, but now a greater law is here. And so as Philip unpacks this scripture and shares with him the good news about Jesus, they come across some water. The eunuch says, here's some water. What prevents me from being baptized? Is it the the country that I came from? No. Is it my race? No, that doesn't prevent you from being baptized. Is it the fact that I can't have kids? No, that doesn't prevent you from being baptized. There's nothing right now about who you are, says Philip, that prevents you. Now, there's one more possible angle on this story. This Ethiopian is a man of great means, a man of great wealth. He can go into countries. He can go into palaces. He can purchase whatever he wants to buy. The fact that he had a copy of Isaiah's scroll means that he is a very wealthy person with great means under him. It is highly possible that he had to make this trip to Jerusalem. And to experience the rejection in order for him to understand that you cannot buy God. You cannot purchase the Spirit of God. You cannot earn the Spirit of God. You cannot use your status to get God to love you. It's highly possible he had to go experience the rejection of coming to God on his terms with his stuff, realizing he is poor in spirit realizing his own poverty, and then on the road home, 
in the midst of that humility, experience a God who chases him down. Here is some water. What prevents me from being baptized, he says. He is ready. He is primed to be included. Baptism is the sign of inclusion into the people of God. It is the marker of belonging. It says, this is who you are. It says, you belong here. You belong in the presence of God. You belong as a son or as a daughter of God. That is what baptism does. It reminds us of who we really are over against what the world says we are and who the world tries to define us as. Those hickory huskers ended up proving that they belonged. As most good Hollywood movies go, they fought back valiantly, worked their way back into the game, and of course made the last second shot. Sorry if that's a spoiler, the movie's 33 years old. I think I could do that now, right? But that's great for Hollywood, but what about here in the real world? Well, the good news is that we don't have to earn it in the real world because somebody has already earned it for us. That is the good news of Jesus, that he has done for us what we could not do for ourselves, that we have an invitation to be included into his presence and into his goodness and into his grace in a right relationship with him, no matter what the world says, no matter what rejection we experience in the world, and we do experience rejection, God says, you're welcome here. Under the following criteria, brothers and sisters, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and who seek to live in peace with God and one another. If that is where your heart is, then you belong here. Let us pray.